0: Welcome to the Future of Work, broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio inside the Mac 6 Entrepreneurial Center, where we will discuss how and where people work in entrepreneurial, nonprofit, and small business industries with your hosts, Kyle McIntosh and Al Loveland.
1: Hey, welcome everybody to episode three of the Future of Work with Al Loveland and Kyle McIntosh. And we have two i use this word, stupendous, uh, <laughs> guests today, Jake Pfeiffer and Scott Marsh. Before we get started, Kyle, you have any thoughts before we get started about these two distinguished gentlemen?
2: We'll get into this, but my only thought uh, coming in today is it's like we're in a forest where the four oldest trees that have been standing around watching this thing happen for a long time. <laughs> so whatever words of wisdom come out of this, I'm looking forward to So.
1: The thought behind this today, like our three main values here at Max Six are, are flexibility, growth, and community. One of the, the big things about community, and just for my story, like I, I came here in June of 2018, and one of my favorite things in past times is, is spending time in the gym, the, the relationships and friendships that I built there, you know, being single, living by myself, it's, it has been a great part of, of being here. And so what I'd like to do first is, uh, we'll start with you, Scott, and take us from your journey, from uh, oxford michigan (laughs) to uh what brought you here at max six and you know
3: so about your business and yourself so we moved to arizona from michigan almost 17 years ago and so i worked at one of the the village clubs for a while and then actually one of my clients at the village club had an office here and you guys max six had put the gym in and then i think his wife was For those of us that don't know you, like, what do you do? Oh, what do I do? So I'm, I'm a personal trainer, you know, my background was in physical therapy and then I just transitioned into personal training just so I could have my own business and not have to, uh, you know, fall into the leadership of somebody else. That was a main driver of that. So it's been on like 30 plus years now doing this and I look at it, you know, something that had like triggered A while ago is like I have lots of friends who are police officers. My stepdad's a police officer, which I see, you know, the effect that had on him is that, you know, he mostly saw people in the negative aspects of their life and dealing with the wrong side. And then it just like hit me one day, like, you know, people come to me, they're looking for help, it's a positive environment. And I don't get that wear and tear like I see on them from their day-to-day work. And, um, you know, I see success. It makes me happy. You know, it gives me energy. So, I mean, that really kept me driving to stay in this field as opposed to doing something else too. What brought you here to Max 6? So, as I was saying earlier, so one of my clients had an office here and his wife helped put the gym together and then she wasn't coming here anymore or whatever. So, then he's like, you know, they're looking for somebody. So, I came and I met with Scott and I guess, you know, the rest is history. So Dave? Dave McClurg, yeah. Dave McClurg, yeah. All right, Jake, take us
1: through your path, because I think, I think as you said, you've been here for longer than
2: I have, so mm-hmm.
0: take us through your journey. <clears throat> yeah, by a good bit, I think. I think I came, Kyle, what was it, probably 2013?
2: Yeah, that's probably about right.
0: Just a cool decade at Mach 6.
2: Wow. <laughs> Two old That's trees. wild to think <laughs> yeah.
0: about. The old guard. Yeah, so I, I came to Maxix first by way of the incubator program that they had back in the day. I had been running my business, EXP Trips, which is a student travel company, for probably about a year, two years at that point. Wanted to grow and kind of figure some stuff out. Found Maxix and thought it looked like an intense and cool program. So jumped in, got an office here uh, during the application process expecting hoping that i would get into the incubation program and i did and then uh yeah rest is 12 years of history or so
1: okay and just a little bit of background on myself um my journey here was a uh, phone call from uh someone at tempe chamber brian um i forget what his last name is now stinson yeah, brian stinson yeah and he said up, uh, why don't you meet me at this place called max six and i'll sit at i sit at my uh at my desk at my apartment and um Excuse, all right. Well, give me the address, and I, I Googled it, and it was literally right across the street. So, as you know, Scott, from <laughs> my Frogger days, uh, I used to go back, and I used to walk back across. Um, up until my place, I uh, raised the rent by seven hundred, and I liked to walk, but I didn't like it that much. So now I drive down here every day, and you know, one of the fun being here was I had a gym at my um, in my apartment complex, but I'd love to kind of walk over here every day and work out, and now it's a little bit too far to drive to walk, but. So Kyle, take me through your fitness journey here because you're, you know, you're always in there working out and, you know, uh, Scott running you through the ringer and stuff like that.
2: All right, there's been some uh, ups and downs and arounds of the fitness journey here. But uh, I think uh, yeah, my journey to Max 6, I was driving around a car that already had the license plate that said Max 6, so I figured there should be a place we could all meet up and work out, right? From day one, when we were talking about businesses that we wanted to work with and cultures and, and people and what what makes a thriving culture and and employees that want to come to work. And it really came down to it's a group of people that get to be themselves, whether they're at work or at home, there is no differentiator other than just their activities are a little bit different. And so if that means you are somebody that is prioritizing different levels of uh, physical, mental, emotional health in your life, then there should be no difference at work than there is the rest of your life. And so, yeah, the gym was a early thing we put in and Dave's wife and Scott and Scott and putting that thing in. But, uh, it became more than just, uh, you know, here's a place I can go exercise. If I, I don't have any excuses to, you know, it takes too long to get ready and have to drive somewhere. It's right in the workplace, but it became this sort of gathering place of, uh, I say all the time, it's our best meeting space. I mean, you want to go talk through an idea or bounce something off of somebody or just see who's around and, and uh, say hi. It's uh, it's become a great sort of fixture of what goes on around here. And uh, yeah, I've had all kinds of uh, fitness journey over the time. And, you know, as anybody can attest, that's an entrepreneur. It can get, uh, there's long days, it can get tough. It can, you know, it puts you through the ringer. but it's been something that, you can always come back to and, and get that consistency back in your life. Jake, take me through the first time, you know, you went to the gym and you started started using it
1: because you're, I think you said to me a couple of weeks ago that you may not have been here the most, but you probably use it the most at, at, at anybody over the years. Take me through your fitness journey of when you come, came in because you know, um, for those that don't see Jake work out, he's, he's probably the most intense person working out there. could be outside of blackjack, but anyway, (laughs) so uh, anyway,
0: I'm glad it looks that way. Yes. (laughs) Got you fooled. Uh, yeah, I actually, I remember the first day I went in pretty vividly. Scott was big on the TRX then. And I remember him just putting me through a hellish TRX workout. My legs were strapped up to the wall in some weird way. I'm doing pushups inverted and I remember thinking, what the hell am I doing here? And then I came back, and we just kept at it. And it had been a little while uh, because of being busy with my company. It had been a little while since I had been in the gym, so it felt good to get back in. And uh, Scott is just the the perfect blend of knowing when to push and when to to not push and kind of keep you in there. So, yeah, that was the first time. And then, yeah, I I've had, Kyle, like you said, kind of, swings where I won't go for a while and get off track and then where I will be in consistently. But yeah, over the 10, 12 years, I've, that's been the most consistent thing for me is being in the gym with Scott. Take me
1: through going into a gym by yourself and going to the gym with that distinguished gentleman over there, being in there, like take people through the difference of having like a personal trainer that's there to be able to kind of guide you and motivate you through stuff.
0: That's a massive difference. And it's fun even now, 10 years later, to just sit back sometimes, like when I'm finished with a workout, and watch Scott as new people walk in and to see how welcoming he is and and just creates this warm environment where people can come in in any stage of their fitness and not feel intimidated and not feel bullied and not feel less than Scott always has open arms. And I think that's what drew me in and what draws so many people in to make it kind of a meeting place, a watering hole for all of us. Scott, take us through that. Like, how do you create that feeling
1: of, of getting people to exercise? And then also with your, with your personal training clients and, you know, the things you do to help them.
3: You know, I don't really think of it as like, when people come in, they're coming in, they're coming in for something, they're coming in for help. And then you need to just let them talk to you because they will like give me the answers of what they're looking for. And not everyone's looking to be super intense or they may be intimidated or they may have had a bad experience and got hurt. So you just got to like flow through that, see what it is Just start them, you know, let them just have a little success, start them easy. You know, number one rule, do not get hurt. That's it. Good form. And that's where we, that's where we build from there. And just keep encouraging people, people like, you know, I can only work out like twice a week or, you know, Whatever. But yet they have a little family. They got a little kids. Stuff. So you just got to encourage them to do what they can and just, you know, stay on track and just look at the positive in front of them. Don't look at the things that they can't do. Look at the things that they can do and just move forward and just try to make, you know, introduce them to everybody in the gym, make friends, make them, you know, feel like, you know, they can come in and they're not going to be, you know, isolated by themselves. Like we're all in there together. We're there to just have fun, do a little workout. And, you know, more, it's like a social club. I think it's just, should be the best hour of their day. That's how I look at it. What, uh, Scott,
2: you must have seen, I know you have, because I know some of the stories, but I've seen some pretty cool success stories over the years. And whether that's, you know, somebody getting back into working out for the first time ever, or just a substantial change in someone's lifestyle and, and physical health. I mean, do you, What are some of the cool things you've seen over this time?
3: Um, yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you know, weight loss is one thing. I mean, we have, like, you know, we have a lady right now. She's lost 187 pounds. And, you know, we her daughter's lost, like, almost 80. And then we have another, like, you know, we have another girl who's going to be a police officer. She's lost, like, now she's up to 51 pounds. But bigger than that, you know, what's that allowed them to do is, like, the lady who's lost all the weight. You know, she's almost at 190. She's now able to go and walk on the beach. She went off six medications. She's on no more of her medications. Her knees feel so much better. So she, when we tried the elliptical a while ago, she couldn't even do like 20 seconds. Now, she, yesterday, she did 10 minutes because her, her knees don't hurt. and she's, she's able to do it. And I think the confidence that comes with people just feeling better, they're, maybe they're stronger. Um, you know, that somebody else just had a DEXA scan from two years ago significant improvement in their their bone growth lean tissue they feel better they're able to go up north to their cabin and help her husband drag you know trees through the yard just doing practical you know everyday things but once they start to feel it then it just feeds on it and then they want more and then they want to keep going so they want to have great success and i just try to like you know ann who's 93 is my standard and, you know, I hold everyone to her because if she can do it, I just feel like anyone could have that mindset. You know, she's looking ahead to when she's a hundred to go back to Mount Kilimanjaro. You know, she already has the record at 89, but she wants to go back. So she hikes every day. She has her mountain. She takes care of herself. She still tries to, she comes to meetings. She does stuff. So I don't think there's any reason why anybody else can't do things moving forward.
2: Come to Max Six where our gold standard is a ninety-three year old. Absolutely though. Ann Gill is an yeah. amazing woman.
3: Yeah. yeah. So um but yeah, but I just think, you know, everybody's, you know, they get different things out of it. But I think, you know, it helps clear it mentally. We've had people, you know, oh, I can't come in, I can't get sweaty, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. So then they divide their hour up and their lunch hour up into. They come in, they do one exercise, do their three sets, go back to the desk, come back an hour and a half, do another one do another one. And they just do it throughout the day. And then over the course of six or seven months, they're just like, holy cow, I'm really much stronger. I feel so much better. But yet they didn't really have to like put the traditional time in and change and, you know, get their sweat on, but they had great success. And those people, then that, then they just kept going from there. So there's all sorts of ways to do it. You just have to like, come in, walk through the door and we'll help you. That's all you gotta do. All right, Jake, before
1: you when you finish up your drink there, um,
3: Scott and a lot of things has these
1: programs on the wall. Have you ever done any of his programs that he writes out for you? Or do you, how do you come up with getting the things to do? Cause a lot of people come in to work, uh, to work out. Like one of my favorite stories uh, back when I was a young guy in my twenties, I would just go in and do a bunch of stuff. I wouldn't know what I'm doing. And there was one guy, he used to call him the rocker. He used to get like a, a curling bar and he put like 35 pound weights on there and he would just rock back and forth he wasn't working on anything except for, except hurting his back. <laughs> but like with, you know, with Scott and Aries he's always looking at saying, "Hey, you should be able to do it this way. You should do it that way." And he's got those these different workouts on the board. Have you ever done anything like that with him? And and how do you know what the workout and and how can a trainer like that be helpful to you when you're doing that?
0: Yeah. Uh, so I think it's kind of evolved. I started off. We used to do workouts on the board that Scott would come up with the whole of it, and once I got back into it after a little break. I kind of found what worked best for me, which is a, a kind of uh, format which you can easily plug and play exercises into while keeping the same format. And now, most of the time, I know what I want to do, most of the time. But when I don't, then Scott's great about jumping in, and, or when I'm just being indecisive and lazy and like wandering around, <laughs> he'll be like, what are we doing today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a great question. What are we doing today?
3: That was yesterday. Um, that was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but we got it done. We got it done. You had a great workout.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it just depends. But I used to do the full Scott special up on the board workouts. How was that versus
1: coming in and doing, like, the Jake special? Like, how did it make you – like, how were your workouts better doing that versus things you were just would come in and, like, do a few curls, do a couple of
0: benches and things like that? Uh, I think it just depends on what stage you're at. I've worked out for since I was 15 okay. consistently, so I know most of this. Most of this, <laughs> Scotts over, you're like, oh, okay, sure you do. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. know. You got a lot of experience Yeah, I, I got a I few know. things to show you
1: tomorrow. <laughs> I, know <it. laughs>
0: I know enough to not walk into a gym and and be intimidated and say, what do I? Where do I even begin? So I think for people that are in that space, that's when Scott's full-blown workouts really come in handy to say, here's what we're doing. And it takes the guesswork out of it. Whereas if you're really experienced, like we, what's the guy that's been coming in a lot lately? I don't know his name or bud. Anyways, he he also has, you can tell a lot of experience and he's kind of like me. He comes in, he he knows pretty much what he wants to do, but you also know that Scott's there to give you alternatives. He's there to talk through injuries or limitations, and there's still a lot of value that he adds even to someone at
2: a little later stage of their workout career. Yeah, I mean, I can speak to that for sure. The injuries thing, I mean, when you, when you say injury, I think a lot of people think, like, I broke my arm, I tore a ligament or something, but just the little things, like, uh, my shoulder hurts. What does that mean? Scott's been great about uh, me and my changing body and how the things work inside of me. <laughs> and, you know, whether you consider it an injury or not, how do I continue to do this thing that makes me feel better with some sort of limitations that I need to have? Well, apparently there's all kinds of ways and, you know, whether it's uh, torturous or, or not, Scott can kind of work you through that. And yeah, it's been, it's been great. Let me just jump into that because somebody who didn't have the experience,
1: I mean, I was like the guy that would come in and I'll never forget someone was working out one day and I'm like, you're not even working out. So a lot of people go into the the gym and like, well, I don't see any kind of benefit from it. Well, it's because you're not doing it right. And so like a lot of the programs that you've given me, you know, through time, it gives me focus when I go work out. Because if I go down, I try to create it for myself. I like play around for a bit and it's not an intense workout. But when I have a program that I can sit down and like write it down and then I know where to go through and then I go back and I watch and Because form is so important. So just Mm -hmm. take us through somebody that you've seen, you know, like, let's say somebody comes in and they want to work out and we're getting close, you know, uh, next week's November. So uh, uh, New Year's resolutions are coming up to get in better shape. And they're intimidated about how to get started, but then they don't know what they're doing either. So like sometimes they might go in and not enjoy it. They might hurt themselves. How do you take like a novice through that?
3: So someone who comes into the space, How would you get them on that plan? So, you know, so as I said earlier, you just got to like, you got to talk to them, get a little bit of history from them. You got to, you know, see if there's any injuries, what their past experiences, how long has it been since they've actually done anything. And then you just have to kind of lay out, like, you just have to start slow. You know, you don't, you know, being sore is not indicative of whether you had a good workout or not. We're just going to do, you know, we'll just start with a little bit today, see how you feel day or two, come back, we'll do it again. And then after, you know, probably a week, we'll find out kind of where you're at. And then we can progress from there and lay out, you know, what what the future is going to look like in your program for you. But I think you just need to encourage people and just get them to not have so much pressure on themselves to like get it done quickly. I try to like get people to see the long-term benefits of it, not a six-week program or a 21-day thing or whatever. I mean, this is like a lifetime management of your body for the rest of your life. If you're, if that's what you want, you know, what do you want to do? You know, you want, when you're 70, 80 years old, do you want to be able to get stand up off the toilet or do you want to have to use grab bars? It happens. And so, you know, younger people, it's a little hard for them to see that future, but as people get, go through the years, you know, it starts to register. But I think just making people just get them to take a breath, just relax and, you know, try to build the confidence that just doing a little bit, and then build on that. That's, I think that's the key.
2: You said something there that, uh, I just want to hit on. I think all of us could probably speak to, to some degree of success or another over time at least is that working out or anything just becomes a, or should just become a part of your life and it's lifestyle. And it's not, it's not, Oh, I have to go to the gym. I have to do this thing. I'm, I'm, uh, it's a chore It's just something I do to stay healthy as part of my life. And I think, uh, you know, I grew up as a athlete playing hockey. It's just part of what I did. And then it's now I start a business and that becomes my identity. How do I pair these things if I'm always like, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. It's really the release valve of being an entrepreneur is being able to have these things that are a part of your life so you can work out, so you can Take a second and just get out of your brain and and get your body moving. I mean, that's when I I remember uh, one of my first jobs and someone told me it was the first. Uh, hey, every job can be a job. Sometimes is you might want to do this, you might love it, but there's going to be days where you want to shove a pencil through your ear more than pick up the phone and call somebody again. But you just have to keep doing it. And I think the introduction of any of these things into your life of uh, consistent ways to just keep yourself stable and balanced or, or so healthy for anybody to have.
1: Uh, Scott, uh, probably your first job is personal trainer, but you have a second job here as kind of psychiatrist and someone to come in and <laughs> listen, listen to things. How do you feel about that part of it? And like, what things have you learned through the years? Cause you probably come in and you talk to people about fitness, but then they also probably come and talk to you about different things. Like what things have you learned about human nature and people, you know, through the years with that.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's just from day one when I started working my first day in physical therapy, people just somehow they just, they just, the comfort level must be there or something. And they just tell you everything. Like I could get lots of people in trouble from lots of things they told me. So, but you know, I've got to be the confident and I'm like, I'm a safe, I'm a vice. I'm never going to share their information with anybody, but you know, people talk about all sorts of stuff and you just, you know, you listen and just try to provide some input from just from my knowledge or things and just try to help them through whatever they may be going through. And, um, but yeah, but people come in and they just, you know, they just, it seems like you, you relax in the gym. Sometimes you have really good ideas, things flow, you know, if they're just in there by themselves with me, you just get all sorts of information about whatever, is going on in their life or issues like that. And, um, so, you know, I feel I feel very grateful that people have that confidence in me and look for some feedback from me or are willing to talk to me about that. So I take that very seriously that people, you know, put that on me and, uh, but it doesn't go past, it doesn't go past me. And I think that's important for people to know that. Jake, since you've been working
1: out since you were 15, take us through the different types of gyms that you've gone to and being a, a busy executive which ones work best for you to stay in your workout routines? I guess sometimes when you really got busy with your travel and things like that, you might've worked in a hotel or not at all. Take us to like,
0: which ones work best for you and what you like about having a gym where you work. The one that works best for me is this one without a doubt. Uh, it's the most consistent I've been over the past 10 years. Other ones that I've tried, I've tried just about everything under the sun, a lot of CrossFit type, gyms early on when I was working out. I would just work out at like LA fitness alone. And they're, I mean, they're, they're all effective. Really. It comes down to consistency. So you just have to think whether it's CrossFit or orange theory, cycling, a personal trainer or LA fitness, you have to think what can I consistently do three, five times a week. And that's all that matters more than I think the, the modality, so to speak of the workouts um, so, yeah, this one, it works for me. And that's the funny thing is that every time I do kind of drift away for whatever reason, I'll try something else and it just doesn't work. And that's why I always end up coming back because this is, I know, with Scott, the most consistent I've been and will be. And I know the benefits of it. I've, you know, going back to the mental health and Scott being a confidant kind of piece. I've never I've been through some really dark, tough periods and those dark, tough periods have never come during times periods when I'm working out consistently. So causation, association, who knows, but yeah, it it works for me.
2: Go ahead. What do you, what do you think if you, if you were to look back on the last decade somehow and what are the times you need the gym the most or need, need this type of uh, activity in your life the most? Those times where you're going consistently and it's part of what you do or the times that the last thing in the world you want to do is go to the gym? The last
0: thing in the world I want to do is go to the gym those times for sure. But yeah, I, I know now intuitively that it's what I need. So I'm better about getting back into it during those times. And Scott's great about ushering you back in. You know, there's been times where I'll be not working out for uh, three months or so and things get pretty bad. And I'll text him or he'll text me and be like, where you been? How's it going? And I'll be like, uh, in a hole in my apartment alone, <laughs> <laughs> isolating. And be like, well, why don't you get back in? And it sounds in those moments like the worst thing in the world because I'm like, oh, I'm out of shape. I don't want to. I just want to sit here and wallow. But every time that I do get back in, I know now, you know, the first week's going to be tough. But then after that, you're like, oh, my God, why did I stop doing this? It's so much better.
1: How is it when you come in and then do you work before or after or both or or take us through like, you know, like a day where you kind of are, are, are coming to the gym and you do some work and are you more effective working? Like when you have that set schedule of things, like you come in, you've got like nine to 11, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to work after I go home. And it, it kind of sets that schedule for a day. Cause I know when I was, when I wasn't locked into to a ball and chain at a job, <laughs> but, but uh, you know, had to go back and create that schedule and stuff in your head. How does that work for you? Because a lot of times with what entrepreneurs that, that work from home, you know, sometimes you just get lazy because, because there's no inertia that, that kind of brings you in to do stuff that, that, you know, our brains work better with that schedule. How does that work for you? Cause I know it really helped for me.
0: Yeah. It helps a lot. That's why I don't work at home because just the, even though I'm, I'm only here from, I don't know, nine in the morning until 1230 or one in the afternoon, but those few hours of structure make a huge difference for me. And the way I structure it now is I get in, Between eight and nine, I work for a couple hours and then I go work out with Scott for an hour or so and then usually go home. But looking back to a period where my schedule was more chaotic, it was really important, especially when I had a team to let them know and sort of lead by example, which then I drifted away from it, which was bad for all of us. But to lead by example for a period and say... This is my workout period. You can have one too, and it's in this. It's in the calendar, so there's no meeting schedule unless it's an emergency. This is this is an emergency for all of this. this is very important to build to bake into our routine. Now it's easy because it's just me yep. and three hours, two hours a day of work. So,
1: a question for you in the the different iterations of Max Six in the past when you've had teams, you've used Scott like for group exercises. Take us through that. So teams that, you know, that that may want to come down and work out together, take us through that experience. And then when he's done, um, Scott, take us through some of the stuff that you've seen with other teams that like where they come down, they work out together because sometimes it's a solopreneur. Sometimes you have three, four or five people and it's a good it's a good time to go down and talk because sometimes when you're running on the treadmill, I've got five, 10 things to go over with you. So it's like, let's do two things at once. So, so so take us through that stuff in the past and about, about how it worked and and how it built uh, teamwork within your,
2: uh, within your group. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of ways that I think people look at this type of thing or think about it. And we've been talking about the personal momentum, of this feels good, I should do more of this, and and let me keep doing more of this and support it. There's all kinds of reasons that teams or companies and, and find this type of thing important, from it'll lower our insurance costs, it will give my employees more of a reason to stick around if they like this about the workplace. And uh, I think the funny thing that I have heard so many times, and Scott, I'm sure you hear it like every time, is regardless of if somebody's working out for the first time or the, it's already a consistent part of their lives, it probably all comes back to this realization that dawns on them, you know, seemingly out of nowhere that, oh, this feels better. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If I do this, it feels better. I should just keep doing this. And what's been interesting is regardless of whatever reasons any team or individuals come down there, we're going to get the team engaged. We're going to get this whole thing. It's going to be a part of our culture. We want to lower insurance costs. We want to do whatever. It all comes down to that every time is, oh yeah, this just feels better. Why hasn't this been a part of my life for consistently forever? It, it, you know, there's teams that have had more success than others or, or whatever over, over a consistent period of time. But I think the individuals on the team, the ones that stick around, that's the ones that, all right, let's connect with that. And as Jake said, open up a space for everyone on your team to also prioritize this in their lives. Hey, there's a version of this where I'm operating out of fear. And if I don't see you doing your work right now, you're not doing work, but there's also a, you will be much more successful for yourself and for this company. If you're taking care of yourself, you have all these other aspects of your life that are keeping you healthier. I think that's, I mean, that's, I've seen that over and over again over time.
1: My question was more, how was it fun with your team? So when you were down there, you know, you you, you can work out by yourself, but then you can also work out with your teams because you guys had those famous, you know, workouts on Friday and things like that. How was that for you with bonding with the people on your team and, and and things of that nature?
2: My team members now listen to better music than, uh, no offense, Chrissy, uh, (laughs) some of my other team members in the past, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, competition, even if it's, not for the sake of like i'm going to prove i'm better than you or vice versa but just because it's just fun to give each other a hard time and and uh you know push each other whether it's physical exercise or or uh trivia or whatever it is it's been a big team building thing for for us and max six in the past and even if it's not competition it's I know Al knows where I live. Essentially, if I'm not in my office, he can come over and grab me in the in the gym. And like you said, at, hey, I've got three questions. Let me run through them right here. And it's uh, it it builds this environment where we don't have to be conforming to what feels like structure. And so it doesn't have to be in a meeting room because I have these three questions. We've scheduled this ahead of time. We have this environment where we can just go hey, we'll be productive wherever we need to be productive and and make those things happen. Scott, what have you seen with different
1: teams and, you know, like when they come in, do you see it's more of a people tolerating each other or do you see it's something where it's more of a camaraderie starting to happen? And and how does that um, evolve when you see them working together?
3: I don't think it's a negative aspect. Usually what will happen is You're always going to have in any company or anything you do, there's always going to be a couple people who automatically are just going to do it. But then, you know, I try to encourage them to bring other people and then they can grow and then they, then they start getting a little momentum that way. Um, You know, Max 6 is a little different because, you know, I think, you know, they just all are on the same page of like exercising. This will be fun. Let's do it. Let's make a commitment to it. I find that a lot of companies aren't like that. There's only going to be a small percentage that are going to be on board. Some are, you know, there's, cause the bigger the company, the more diverse people you're going to have and the less importance, maybe certain aspects of exercising or doing other things are going to be important to them. So let's well, say uh, Stantec that used to be here, for example, they had like hundred some employees, right? Yep. There was, you know, I tracked it over time, 10% of their workforce came to the gym, but it started off with just a couple. And then, so, you know, one of them were like, okay, I'm working on people, I'm working on people. But it took seven, six, seven, eight months. But once they came in and then they got in a role and then they started bringing their lunch, not going out to eat. I have more energy in the afternoon. Like it sold itself to them. And like, oh my God, I'm saving money for lunch. I feel better in the afternoon and I'm getting in shape. Why isn't more people doing this? Well, you remember you were that person eight months ago, and so then they would you know then they would just try to start to build on that and actually I mean it was starting to get a little momentum, but then they left so um and I don't know what happened to them after that, but it just it takes time you always have the people who are in right out of the gate, but then it takes time to get more people involved, and that encouragement comes just by consistently like hey, do you want to come do you want to come just try it once and then it just has to build on that, but I think it's good positive because then when they start showing up together, like it was a good time. It really wasn't about work for them. It was about having fun or joking around or, you know, somebody got hurt doing whatever and I don't know, whatever, but it was, um, a positive environment if you can get that to come together and get people on the same page. But, um, but I think it starts at the top of the company. It has to be sold from the top because if they're doing it, then it's easier to sell it down the line. Because if middle or lower tier people are doing it and they look above and they don't really see that happening. Or they get punished for it, but by not being at their desk or something like that. Exactly. So it has to start at the top. And I've seen that for a long time, even like when I was in Michigan, I had clients, you know, for their companies, you know, every morning I was at their house, either at 530, whatever, but they led by example and their whole team knew it. And so that kind of built that culture because they made it important and emphasized for them to do it, but they were also doing it. So I think it has to start with the leadership. Okay. Jake, I got a
1: question for you. Part of consulting, one of my favorite stories was, was that there was a an executive that was sitting there and the he was getting ready to leave and they said, we have to fill <coughs> the chair and it was the, the office chair. And the, the executive said, no, you It's not that chair. It's the chair where I go outside and I think about my company. I think about what's happening next. You know, when you strategically think about things, because a lot of times people who have never owned a business or or run a business or or been an entrepreneur, they think it's just the work that you're doing. But a lot of times you have to think about what you're doing and how you're going about it. Um, How often do you do that when you work out? And so like when you're in there and and you kind of have that time and is your mind more focused on, on working out where it kind of takes your mind away from the work? Or is it a period of time where you go back and you're thinking about things while you're working out?
0: For me, one of the big things that I've changed in my life in the past year, two years, is being more present with things. And one of those is working out. So when I'm working out, I'm working out. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not coming up with ideas. I'm not stressing about something that might happen. After the workout, uh, I'm just working out. So for me, that yeah, that's been a big shift. So when I when I hear about your treadmill meetings, I'm like, ah, just work <laughs> out, <laughs> just be present. But I I understand that I'm in a a very fortunate position now to to have my workflow be what it is, and sometimes it's not that, and you do need to take meetings while on the treadmill.
2: I think it depends on the day. Like I I remember I so specifically remember when I finally thought about this playing hockey that any time I stepped onto the ice the rest of the world went away. Anything beyond those boards was just gone. And there was no I I couldn't even try to think about other stuff. It was just what there was in the middle of it. And there's times where I and I'm sure everybody needs that. Like I need a not an escape, but I need a place I can go to just be in this uh calm this relative calm to the rest of the world and there's times where i'm i'm glad there's distractions for all kinds of different reasons if not for i wouldn't have seen some of these people otherwise and it's good to hang out and talk and it just depends on the day and i think part of that goes to having a good coach that is knows when to push and when to pull and when to somehow just knows that somebody's having a bad day and needs to get their butt kicked a little bit. Somehow knows that somebody's doing great and can just step back a little bit and let them let them be. And yeah, it's it's it just really depends. Yeah, one of the big things that the reason why I asked that question to you, Jake, is because
1: I I'm kind of the opposite of you, like where my brain's always moving it and when I work out, I'm always thinking about something. You know, like one of the things that I I go out and uh part of this exercise program that, 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 um, that I got through Scott was, was that these first five exercises, so different stretches and things like that. And it's all like, I, I kind of go back and I focused on doing those things. And I can remember like, like trying to do those, uh, to sit, to stand, and then, the you know, the squats, and then to do those different pieces. And now when I go through it, I've got my routine. And rather than my brain focusing on doing that, then my brain kind of runs in the background and, ideas like pop in my mind when I'm working out. So if I'm doing a bear crawl, I go back and sometimes I have something, it's like, aha, that's what I'm going to go out and do. It just pops out of my head and stuff like that. Or I'm, you know, I'm following some different things or I'm trying to do pull-ups, but like some of the things where I go back and I focus and try to be present on, especially like, um, like when there's a new exercise or something like that, where I'm trying not to hurt myself or trying to figure out the right kind of workout, but I, I kind of float back and forth. And then too, you know, being a, a bachelor and things like that, I have a lot of time to myself. So my brain's always kind of running. So I'm always curious about that because I think that, you know, people that, again, I'll go back and reiterate this, is that it's the time that you think about things versus actually doing work. That's one thing that a lot of people who just, there are people in the world that I found that like to be told, I got to do A, B, C, and D. And there's people that go back and figure out what A, B, C, and D is. And as entrepreneurs, we have to figure those things out. And then we have to get people in that direction. And a lot of that comes, you know, when your eyes are closed or you're thinking about things and that brain is working about, about how I'm going to get this done. You know, one thing I tell people, like, especially when I was uh, consulting was, was that my brain has to be in tip-top condition to be able to do what I do. Because if I'm tired or um, lackluster, I can't focus and I can't do it. And then I'm, I can't do my job. And so exercise and and being able to work out here, you know, was so important. I remember um, during the pandemic, I'll tell everybody a quick story where I was uh, breaking the rules here. I was a notorious (laughs) rule breaker. And I remember one time that I would sneak in in the morning before anybody would come in around six o'clock because the gym was supposed to be closed. Well, I said, I'm going to work out. Screw the state and I'm going to, the doors open, I'm going to sneak in and nobody (laughs) will see me. And then one day Scott and Kyle popped in, and I went and I hid in the corner, so I wouldn't be able to pass through. But they found me. <laughs> but it was one of those things that was great during the pandemic, because especially when it was like, "Is this a gym?" I'm like, "It's not a gym." And if you remember that idea that we had was to said that we went out and we reserved it as a meeting room, so people people could go down and work out, especially people that were scared. I remember one person was like, "She's like, I have this reserved." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" She's like, "Well, get out." I'm like, "Oh my god,
2: it's my idea." But anyway. <laughs> There's something I was thinking about is uh, you were bringing up uh, uh, Shanna, you know, being a police officer and and uh, uh, blackjack and the success and the family success and mm-hmm. just, I mean, something interesting that I've experienced over time that I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. are is I think about the gym now here at Max Six not as a place that I necessarily have to go work out, although that's a part of it, but I feel connected to this sort of community of stories that are happening all the time. Even if I'm not there, I'm always curious and interested about what's going on, which has been wildly different from any other gym I've ever worked out at. And I'm sure I'm not alone where my experience sometimes at outside gyms is keep your eyes to yourself so that none of the uh, uh, females feel like you're looking at them weird and I'm not flexing my show pony muscles and so I'm not you know talking to those guys or whatever I'm just on my own here even though I really have no vested interests other than just being friends now and curious and connected with this community it's been awesome experience to go down there and just consistently see some of the same people that are having success and doing things and not just I want to be healthy but I want to change my entire life and go from a whole career of doing something in an office to being a police officer and feeling connected to that person's life it's I mean, have you guys experienced something similar with just the difference of what it's like to be here around these people than or at least like having the opportunity to be more connected with them than in other places where you've worked out
0: absolutely it's a It's a curious cast of characters that we have down the gym. Uh And yeah, Scott is the the nucleus of that. He's the center that draws all of that in. So that's again a testament to his how genuine and welcoming he is. But yeah, it's a lot of fun being down there. <laughs> we were saying the other day we should start a sitcom, we should write. a sitcom of just <laughs> the random stuff. Oh, it's funny, but but yeah, it makes it it makes it a place that when you are having those tough days and you're like, ah, I just don't really feel like it. You're like, but also. I kind of want to know what's going on with blackjack or <laughs> Becky's coming in today. We haven't seen her in a while. Or yeah, it's that little bit of nudge that you need to get in there. Yeah. That was
1: one of the fun things was that, um, and that's one of my favorite things is the, the, the name blackjack because it was, we were having a, we were down there one day, I, just, I, I popped in and we were talking about something and I, uh, there's a group of people in their seventies, I think. And so I coined a nickname for them, the sages of sweat. And then from that standpoint, we started going back and giving everybody wrestling names that were that were down in the gym. And so it was one of the funny things. And like uh, Becky has like this long black hair, and I said, you know what? You look like your nickname's gonna be Blackjack, and the name stuck. And She's like, I, I we walk down there and now. People go, I'm giving people tours. I said, what's up, Blackjack? <laughs> and people are like, what do they called her Blackjack for? So anyway, but it, but it's one of the fun things. And some of the names, you know, stuck and things like that. And it was a a fun thing to do for a while. But, like, just to tell a story, like, a lot of times when entrepreneurs get busy, you know, you can't be popping in on them, like when you get bored or stuff like that. So, I stopped by the gym and, you know, when I need to get clear my mind for five minutes and talk to people for a few seconds, I got to cut that clock in my head, and say hi for a bit. And it's a fun thing to go back and talk with people because it's that sense of community that kind of keeps it, keeps you going and fills your cup.
3: And now, and I know the side of that coin too, like, Al has become, actually, all of you guys have, but Al, Al is like the biggest attraction. Like when Al doesn't show up and they know, like they 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 just intuitively like, okay, is Al not coming in today? Like I have something to talk to him about or do I want to, you know, whatever. And they, all, almost all the people that I work with want to see Al. Like, why isn't Al here? Where's he at? What's he doing? And so, you know, Jake has his little, you know, circle of trust, you know, during his time with, uh, you know, with Blackjack and, you know, Shannon, all them. And, you know, Kyle, they're always, you know, like, you know, you're, you're in and out, maybe not consistently, but bet for them when they come here, seeing you guys and, you know, other people that they interact is a big part of their day. And that makes it really, you know, good for them. And so like the stages of sweat, like, you know, Patrick's, you know, he's a big reader, he's information. He's always got stuff. And, you know, more times than not, he's like, I wonder what Al think. And then Al come in, he's got to ask Al and see what his opinion is. They may not agree, but that's okay. That's what, you know, and that's what, it, a really healthy thing is about it, but it makes it part of their experience coming here, like different than going somewhere else because they don't have those people dropping in, talking to them and whatever. And then as far as like with, with blackjack, that name has become her new persona. So she's had some things going on in her life that Becky, her real name is now gone. Blackjack is her new life and like how she envisions herself. And it's kind of really amazing, like what it's done for her, like in a huge positive way, like, you know, mentally, you know, mentally stronger, her physical abilities. It's really been like, like truly amazing. There could be a, there's a huge story there, but I'm so happy for her. But if she didn't have that name, black chat, AKA from Al, she, you know, I don't know what, what, you know, where she'd be. So, but, uh, but you know, she walked in the gym yesterday, which she say yesterday, usually she walks in the gym and she's quiet when she walks in and, blackjack in the house yeah I think she, yeah. She's she just,
0: like, just throws her stuff down blackjack in the house yeah i mean scott turner are like oh damn she is
3: so the, that was the first time for that so i don't know we'll see what happens now but um yeah but you know i appreciate all you guys and and uh, i know they all do too so okay. it's well, a big we, part of their life
1: well we're getting ready to wrap up we got one final important question for jake Okay, and I have I have one okay,
3: final thing that I, well, Absolutely. ask
1: ask the question. No, you,
0: you go ahead first. Okay, well, uh, yeah, I just thought I'd take this opportunity to thank Scott for over a decade of not just workouts but being there for me and, and some of my absolute lowest points. Scott was the one that I called or texted, and he's been there for me like a dad. I appreciate him, right. love him, and I wanted to present him with a, a little token of my appreciation. Big oh boy my Hutch. God. Uh, a little lion jersey oh for him. Dude. Wow. That's <laughs> nice. Great. Oh, Appreciate God. you for all the years. And Thanks, all brother. All right.
1: Look at that, huh? What a great moment.
2: <laughs> wow. That's awesome.
0: That's
2: now great. we got to get a win on Sunday.
0: All
1: right. Yes. All right. Well, how close to this final question is is that we're going out at 11 o'clock, 11.06. Yeah you're going to be the first contestant to compete for this beautiful belt. Yes. How does that feel to be the uh, the first one at it and what would it mean for you to be the the, the first community max 6 champion?
0: Uh it would mean everything.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: I, I look at this belt here and I just think all the years leading up to this moment.
1: Okay, that's going to be great. <laughs> well, at least all you got to do is, is score higher than 4. So <laughs> perfect. Yep. So that's a big thing. All right. So uh before we wrap up today, just go through and give us your name, your company
3: name and uh, any final thoughts. Um, Scott Marsh, Mind and Body Strengthening. I just feel, you know, thanks for having us on today. I feel very grateful to be here at Max Six. Um, you know, I love being here. I love the environment. I love all my people here. And, you know, I just, you know, you get up every day and you want to come here. Um, that, to me, that's like an indication of where you, you know, where you need to be. Um, I don't, I've never one day ever dreaded coming here ever. Not, I can't say that about other places, but you know, it's just, you know, a really good vibe here. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate it. So thank you. Jake, EXP. What else was I supposed to say? Final thoughts.
0: Final thoughts. Yeah. I, I appreciate, I appreciate what Scott's done for me in the gym. And I appreciate Max Six being the, the place that's held it down for me for 12 years of entrepreneurship.
2: Kyle, Maxix, Maxix.com. Yeah, thank you guys both for being two old trees in the forest with us. And, you know, I also love coming here all the time. And it's 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 just a building, right? But it's not. It's a place where all you guys are and where this stuff is going on. And it just it feels good to come in here and be a part of that every day.
1: And finally, Al Loveland. Mac6.com. Love to have you guys on here. It was a great, great thing. It's finally a good that someone's actually happy of getting a Lions jersey. <laughs> 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 so so anyway, that, that, that's a great thing. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for the future of work. And we'll, we'll be back next month. And look on LinkedIn because we're going to have a new champion today. So anyway, thank
0: you very much. And
1: we'll see you next month.
0: Go Lions. You've been listening to The Future of Work with Kyle McIntosh and Al Loveland. The business world is changing around us. Why not thrive in an environment of flexibility, growth, and community?